Hi, my name is Steve Hansen. I'm president and CEO and also founder of Acme Lithium, uh, a North American lithium company with a portfolio of projects in the United States and in Canada. Uh, Steve, thanks for coming back on. Appreciate it. We, uh, we spoke back in May, um, but you've been busy. You raised uh, or concluded they raising some money after we last spoke. So how, how did that go and how did, where did it come from? Well, we were very fortunate, uh, Matthew, in that we were able to raise uh, some additional funds in what was has been a very difficult spring and now summer marketplace. But, you know, we have the support of some key institutional investors. Um, we actually uh, had a decent amount of capital when I went out for this raise. Couple of our institutional clients were interested in continuing to add uh, to our coffers, and so again, we were fortunate actually to raise additional capital. It was actually more than what we intended to, but now looking at it, it was a very good idea uh, at this time. We're in, in really good shape from a running room standpoint. Um, we've got no debt, no preferred shares, um, and again, we're sitting on a, a war chest of capital that'll allow us to not only explore multiple projects uh, this year in 2022. It'll give us running room into 2023. And so in this kind of investment climate, we're in really good shape as a company. Yeah, I think, well, I think it answers the question or the debate we have quite often is, you know, when when to take money. And I, I always go uh, take it when it's there. Um, you know what's coming around the corner, certainly not in these markets. Um, just, just, so let's, you, just want to understand it a little bit. You, you'll see, um, you, you took two types of money. You did kind of, pri- you did a private placement as well in there. Why, how did you, why did you split it up like that? So there is a mechanism in Canada and it's called a flow through financing. And really it's a tax incentive financing for investors. Um, the money that's raised has to be deployed in Canada. And really it's to, um, again, incentivize investors and companies to deploy capital nationally in Canada in the resource sector. So a portion of the capital we raise, again, it's straight equity. Um, uh, we will deploy that capital in the ground in our Manitoba projects. And then we raised also some additional equity through a private placement that we can use in our, at our Nevada projects. So again, it's straight equity. Um, uh, it allows us to expand our projects and aggressively go after grill programs um, this fall. Um, and again, we're really excited about uh, delivering on some key catalysts here in 2022 and into early 2023. Right. Okay. So now we know you've got money and we, we know that you can, you've got options on, on that front. Just want to remind people that the type of company that we're talking to, because not everyone who, um, sorry. There'll be a bunch of people who listened to the last time we we we, we caught up. Um, there'll be some people who haven't. So you are explorers who advance projects through and then kind of, well, bring partners in. Is, that, is that, How would you describe your model? Well, I've been in the resource sector for almost 30 years. I've worked in all four continents around the world from Kenya to Mongolia to Argentina to Mexico and everywhere in between. My background's mainly been in finance, but I've been CEO of a number of companies. I've been on boards and I've been an advisor to boards. But my DNA really is is as an investor. I've invested in 200 to 300 projects over the course of my career. So my goal as CEO here and vision here is to bring shareholder value and to align our capital raising milestones with the corporate milestones. And really my job is to surround myself with a phenomenal team, which I believe I've done, and de-risk these projects over time. We have four projects, two in Nevada, two in southeastern Manitoba and Canada. Um, They're world-class projects. They're regionally located very well. And what I mean by that is they're located 
amongst areas where there actually is lithium mining and processing. And there's only a handful of places in North America where that takes place. And one of them is in Clayton Valley, Nevada uh, at Silver Peak. It's the only place where lithium is produced in the United States. And we have a project directly northwest of that facility, which we've recently drilled. This is a lithium brine well, or one of the only uh, lithium brine well drillers that have drilled in the United States in recent years. We completed that drill program in early July, and now we are waiting on results. So we're expecting those results sometime in August. So a really major milestone coming for up for us at Acme Lithium. And again, we're hopeful that we'll have the results that will deliver value to shareholders. Got it, got it. And I think I, I, you probably got ahead of me there um, a little bit. I just, I just want to be clear with people exactly how you create value, because all CEOs come on here and say, we're going to create value, we're going to, we're going to advance projects, but really specifically, you are explorers who take a project through to what phase? So throughout my career, um, we are risk takers in that we enter into projects at a fairly early stage. Um, we are explorers. You know, we use a, a, a variety of techniques, obviously, to de-risk the project. Our ultimate goal is obviously to initially make discovery and then ultimately get to a resource calculation. But um, what I've done with many companies in my past is I bring in larger strategic partners at a certain stage that have the capital, the deep pockets, the, know, the, the wherewithal and know-how to advance these projects into production. So, you know, there's a number of exit strategies that can be created. You can join venture with obviously a major company or this M&A activity. And really the, you know, as a small team and a small company, um, there are uh, many companies within this battery metal space that are aggressively pursuing um, these types of opportunities. And whether they be commodity miners, uh, technology companies, off-takers, um, and even now the auto manufacturers, we're seeing um, uh, these types of companies come into to juniors at an earlier stage. The earliest stage I, that I've seen in my career, um, and really what it says is about the desperation for lithium as a commodity. So again, my track record has been is to uh, develop projects, de-risk them to a stage where a major company is interested in pursuing it as a joint venture or ultimately an M&A activity. Cool. Okay, brilliant. Understood. I want people to understand this because we get lots of companies come on that talk the same game and it's really hard to differentiate them. I want to be clear with you. Okay, because I enjoyed the last conversation. Um, okay, recent news. Um, you have been, you, you've been drilling at Clayton Valley. It's a, it's a brine project. And I just remind people, you've got Fish Lake, which is Clayton. You've kind of got Hard Rock down in, Man in Manitoba. So you've got a lot going on there. Um, so this is be, would this be, well, fairly unique in the sense that it's the, the uh, it's the first brine project being drilled in the U.S. for some time or ever. I mean, where, where are you put, where There are a handful that? of brine brine projects in in the U.S. Um, certainly, Clayton Valley. There's a couple other companies that have have drilled brine wells in the last couple of years. There is some activity in Utah uh, in going gotcha. after brine, and certainly, if you look at the Salton Sea in California, where General Motors is involved. You know, you're seeing some some extraction from uh, potentially brine there, and then you actually are seeing some activity uh, from a brine standpoint in uh, the oil and gas regions of North America. They're very early stage, but you're seeing activity in Alberta and now in Texas and Oklahoma, where companies are going after water wells that were were previously oil and, ga oil and gas wells that now uh, they're looking to extract lithium in those cases. But from a um, a pure uh, sort of ancient lake bed 
drilling into brine and extracting lithium in brine, there's only a handful of companies that uh, are doing that today. And that's really because lithium isn't found in many places. Brine is, is one of the core areas of where lithium is extracted uh, in South America. Most of the lithium extracted in Chile and Argentina comes from brine. Um, brine has some great advantages in that your capital costs are much lower. You don't have to drill like a pin cushion and drill 40, 50, 60, 70 holes. You only have to drill uh, a handful of, of basically water wells um, to ultimately get to a resource. So our capital costs are lower. And, and now with new technology called DLE, direct lithium extraction, you can put uh, a plant uh, on a facility and extract lithium through those means. So again, some great advantages to brine um, from a long-term uh, perspective um, in ultimately reaching a, an economic resource. Well, let me talk to you about that because, like I say, you've been around the block a bit. Um, we had the ex-chairman of Albemarle on, and he was less than complimentary about DLE as a technology, commercial technology. Um, are you seeing or do you feel that that is coming down the line, that is um, going to be commercial or, or you know, in a very meaningful way, do you not care because you, you will find the partner that extracts lithium from your project in the best way possible? Well, you know, I, th I think that new technology has really changed a number of industries. You know, we see it in oil and gas. You know, obviously, there was a period of time where older fields throughout the southern United States and certainly in Western Canada where everyone thought that that uh, commodities had been extracted, and yet it's actually new technology that changed those basins and created a multi-decade opportunity for the oil and gas industry. Again, it was new technology that changed all that. And I think we'll continue to see that in, in, in the mining industry and uh, in particular in the lithium industry. New technology changes you know, how we are able to do things in a more environmentally and sustainable way, but also in a way that's more cost effective. So you know, DLE, there's a number of companies that are, are well-financed um, that are working on new technology um, in Latin America, but also in the United States and Canada, whether it be out of Houston or San Diego or uh, other other regions that are that are again are well well financed, and again they're testing out pilot plants. And I expect that there'll be a number of companies that will be in production with DLE technology over the next few years. Um, we believe that ultimately we'll get there, um, and in fact, one of our neighbors. Um, is utilizing DLE technology on a discovery they made, and it's a partnership between Schlumberger and Panasonic. We know them well. We're watching them very closely. And again, their belief, again, two very large companies, well-known, um, their belief that DLE ultimately will be effective in extracting lithium. So I think technology, you know, in a lot of cases around the world, in, in, in what we've seen, will, will change things. You know, there was a time when a battery in a vehicle was the size of a bus and it was absolutely massive and, and, and a huge cost. Well, again, through research and development and effective use of capital, we've now gotten to the stage where batteries are now being used to power vehicles and bikes and all sorts of things in a small and cost-effective way. So, again, I, I, I don't want to discredit what, what uh, the senior executive at Albemarle said, but I believe that technology will change things dramatically for the future for the good because we are desperate, in desperate need of being able to extract lithium. And I think that, uh, again, we'll continue to see advancements in this area. Okay. Okay, so well capitalized. Now we need to see the commercial component. I.e., can you make money doing it? 
using DLE. So, and it, like I say, technology does advance. And we'll we'll uh, we'll all be looking out for that because we need all of the above, right? Um, all good. Now back back to your project. You, obviously, you've been doing that work at Clayton. Um, when do we start to see the results of that work? Yeah, you know, uh, samples were sent to the lab in in early July, and again, we're expecting to see results sometime towards the end of August. Again, this is one of the biggest catalysts for us. You know, we're hoping to obviously make a, a discovery here. And uh, really it's key here is we're into brine. Um, we know we're into the aquifer. We're into the right intervals or horizons. We've got the right host. Really the question is, is are we going to have economic grade lithium? So again, expecting a key milestone and hopefully a catalyst here to take place sometime towards the end of the summer. Okay. And just, so actually just sticking with the DLE component, because I'm, I'm intrigued by these things. You've got a US government that's talking heavily about, you know, battery technology and and investments um, into the whole thematic of, of, of battery and, 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 and green um, energy as well, but not a lot moving at, at a pace there. So obviously there's a slight lag to what they say and what they do. Um, in a state like uh, Nevada, Obviously, lots of um, lithium companies in there. Tesla's in there. You know, some some, some you know some some uh, leaders um, in the industry. We shall say, how's the, how's the state reacting in terms of um, supporting you, whether that be financially or um, making you know adapting mining rules to make it just a little bit more accessible and a little bit uh, more affordable in an environment like we're, we're seeing at the moment? Or again, is that lacking? Well, you know, Nevada has been named recently, actually, the number one mining jurisdiction in the world, and it has continued to have a long history in the resource sector. You know, what's great about Nevada is that you can work there 12 months of the year. There's good infrastructure, power, roads. There's lots of great technical people as well and consultants. So, you know, as a jurisdiction, Nevada is is excellent for us to be operating. But the, really the question comes down to where we're going to see bottlenecks is at the permitting level. And we really have to be good citizens and, and, and stewards of, of the environment. And really the key here is for us to have the lowest impact possible as we develop our projects. And DLE fits into that strategy. Again, the footprint that's used is much smaller. Um, there's environmental advantages to DLE. Um, there's less water use. You know, you're not using massive brine ponds, uh, which has been traditionally what's been used. Um, so in Silver Albemarle's Silver Peak project has massive brine ponds. And again, I think we're going to see um, the requirement really to move to a more environmentally friendly and sustainable technology um, to have the lowest impact possible. So, um, you know, from a government regulation standpoint, um, you know, this past spring, uh, President Biden invoked the Defense Production Act around critical minerals such as lithium. And this was the first time that this has been done in the history of the United States and really says about the crisis that the U.S. is facing for a domestic supply of, of lithium. And part of that Defense Production Act um, is the creation of uh, a $750 million fund Um Part of that capital will be used to uh, assist in the permitting process. It'll be partly used to uh, work on new technology for research and development. Um, but again, I believe the biggest bottleneck is going to be at the at the state and municipal level and ensuring that um, uh, permits uh, move along without a lot of red tape. And I'm not suggesting that anything should be uh, shortened or, or removed from barriers. I just believe that governments need to put the resources into these departments and, and probably in the way of more people 
um, to ensure that, that these things are put through in a timely manner. And that's what I'm hopeful for, is that with this crisis for this commodity happening in Canada, the United States, that governments put more resources into these various departments. So that again, all the boxes can be ticked because they're supposed to be ticked. We need to be, um, again, uh, responsible here and ensure that all those uh, environmentally and sustainable um, activities are looked after. And and uh, But I hopefully there'll be resources put into it so that the red tape um, and, and, the, and the system starts to develop in a faster way. Right. But, but the, I guess the, the fallback on this is the Brian Lakes, because that, that's, that's already operating in, in state. Because what we've seen in the renewable sector is the fact that we've got massive graveyards of solar panels and wind turbine blades, which can't be recycled. And there's, there's a narrative going on in there about, well, maybe we should have done a little bit more work at the beginning. Do you, are you cognizant or are you uh, understanding of the fact that perhaps in terms of filters and membranes on the DLE technology, is, is that kind of um, inquiry needed to make sure that we're kind of feeding into the right kind of technology solution? Well, absolutely. I mean, uh, again, impact uh, is, is really important to us as a company from a, from a philosophical standpoint. Um, we want to make sure that we, uh, you know, are stewards of the land as well, and that we look look at uh, all stakeholders who are interested in our projects. Again, I believe that you know uh, DLE uh, as a technology, as it develops, is going to be uh, the most sustainable way for us to to manage a project, assuming that we ultimately make a discovery at, at our projects for for Brian. Um, uh, Again, the footprint's smaller. Um, we are able to put water uh, through an injection well back into the aquifer. You know, we're not seeing massive evaporation ponds like you're seeing around the world. So, again, that is our vision for the future. I mean, we believe that DLE is going to be the, the the way that many companies ultimately will go that are are managing brine projects in the United States. Um, and again, the ultimately thing is how do we recycle as well? How do we how do we take care of these facilities in ensuring that any of the technology we use has some ability to recycle? So, you know, we will continue to evaluate those. We're in constant dialogue with a number of the DLE companies that are out there. You know, they're highly interested in taking a closer look at our project. And again, hopefully we can advance those conversations as we develop our project in Clayton Valley. Okay, fantastic. And um, we've talked about Fish Lake is, is a part of, parked up for now, but with, with, with the clays there, um, you'll come back to that maybe at the end of the year or maybe next year, think about what's going on there. But what you have done is you've activated uh, or, or, or certainly commenced the exploration program in southern eastern, uh, southeastern uh, Manitoba. Uh, again, what are, you, what are you trying to do there? What's, what's, the, what's on the books? Well, the reason why I focused on southeastern Manitoba is there actually is an existing lithium cesium and tantalum mine called the Tanko Mine. And it's been been there uh, off and on producing since 1969. And we were fortunate to secure two projects, one a couple kilometers south of the Tanko Mine. We actually are their southern neighbor and border their mineral leases. And then we have another project about 15 kilometers to the north. And we began in early July of a major and, and active exploration program. We have lots of boots on the ground um, sampling right now. So there's chip and till sampling going on, soil sampling. And then in parallel to that, we have a 
fairly large airborne geophysics program ongoing. So those two programs are happening in parallel. They'll ultimately lead to what we believe is multiple targets for drilling. And then we hope to get drilling sometime in the fourth quarter of 2022. So again, a fairly active program happening in southeastern Manitoba in parallel to what's happening in, in Clayton Valley as we wait for results. And in fact, Lee, I just gave the green light to start doing some work in Fish Lake Valley, as you mentioned, um, which is the valley over from Clayton Valley to the west. And so we're going to begin some exploration there as well, uh, starting sometime in August. So, you know, again, we're going to be active. We've got the capital to do that. And uh, again, a number of ways to certainly offer opportunity to our shareholders. Right. Okay. So lots of activity, and um, we'll hear back from the, the the labs with regards to the the, the brine Clayton Lake. Actually, Clayton Lake um, at, at over at Clayton Valley. Um, soon. Yours. Okay. We'll we'll start up Q four on on the Manitoba stuff. Good. Um, can we just talk a little bit about the market? Because I've I've kind of dug in with regards to kind of the environmental component and sort of people's sort of um, the conversations that are going on out there, but. Even if you're a buyer of the thesis, you need to sort of understand the kind of pace at which this is moving. And it seems to be after a kind of lull, you know, um, the beginning of last year, it kind of took off towards the end of end of last year and uh, beginning of this. And it, it's gone quiet again, obviously, with the rest of the markets. But it's gone quiet in the sense that the the equities markets have gone quiet. But in terms of movement, investment, and JVs from industry here quietly planning their their five, 10, 20 year cycles and you know trying to work out where they get their metals from. They've been busy, pretty, very busy out there. That must give you encouragement. Well, I attended the Fast Markets Lithium Conference in the United States at the end of the last couple of days of June and in what was, as you say, a very, very difficult spring and early summer market from an equity standpoint. And it was a very active conference. There was close to 600 people attending and it was solely focused on lithium. And there was players from around the world, from Germany to Korea, to China, to Argentina, um, and lots of represent, uh, representatives, obviously, from Canada and the United States, from major producers to explorers like us, to technology companies and auto manufacturers. And there was a buzz going on at this conference. There was a lot of discussion about where uh, is our industry heading and, and what has been, I guess, maybe not as much of a surprise, but what I've seen certainly over the last year is I've seen end buyers looking at smaller companies or earlier stage companies um, uh, and start dialogue at a state earlier stage than I've ever seen in my 30 year career. So, you know, when General Motors or, or, uh, a major, uh, Japanese offtake company starts talking with smaller companies and they're looking at five, six, seven, eight years down the road as to what their supply needs are. Um, it really does say a lot about the fact that there is just an absolute demand out there for uh, for this commodity. And again, I have not seen this in my career in a commodity where you're seeing institutional strategic investors looking um, uh, at an earlier stage at companies. So it's really quite interesting, even though we're seeing I mean, some difficult times in the equity markets, there's a lot of activity happening in our space. We saw um, some recent M&A activity um, in the last couple of weeks, Gangfang, a large Chinese company, um, uh, agreed to acquire an Argentina, an Argentina lithium company for close to a billion dollars. Uh, we saw Ford uh, uh, this past uh, week, 
commit to investing in Ioneer, which is an Australian company. They're actually our neighbor in Fish Lake. We are, they are contiguous to our east. We're only about four kilometers away from their mine in Fish Lake Valley. It's called Rhyolite Ridge and Ford uh, has agreed uh, to joint venture and invest in that project. Um, and they signed a, a major uh, offtake agreement where they believe that will uh, um, they'll be able to get um, a, a very major uh, lithium supply for their needs over the next uh, period of time. Ford's investing what is estimated to be $50 billion in their EV and hybrid division. They've made that announcement recently as well. So we're seeing a lot of activity in the sector in spite of what's been happening in the equity markets. And I think that's going to continue. We're going to continue to see consolidation. We're going to continue to see um, M&A activity and joint ventures from strategic and institutional investors in this space. Capital is going to continue to flow into this with to the right companies who have the uh, who have first class projects. I, th- I think what I, I agree with all of that, and I, and I think the interesting um, observation we've made in this is that industry, the the, the OEMs or the battery manufacturers, you know, the, the, and, the, and the you know also so sort of, um, the groups like Gangfeng who also have the kind of technical expertise can't can't rely on the capital markets to fund these companies because there was a there was a kind of growth spurt. I think 2017, um, and then there's a kind of sort of a lull because capital markets weren't funding uh, pilot plants, they weren't funding de- um, uh, demonstration plants, and I think that kind of feels to me like industries sort of stepping in and going, well, if we are to look after our own future, perhaps we're going to have to use our own balance sheets. Uh, and it's nice to see um, them sort of stepping up to the plate as it were. But all, all that said. You've got to have a plan for yourself about how you insert yourself into that ecosystem. You've explained what your your business model and your and, and your and your thesis is for allowing you to do that. Um, clearly, with um, with Clayton Valley, that is probably that's going to be the, the, the flagship project for you. Um, it's early days. Um, so, how much of this money that you raised? I mean, a combination of uh, combined what five point seven million bucks um, back in May. What do you what do you do with that to um, enhance or accelerate your story and you know what you're doing into that ecosystem? Well, as you mentioned, we raised some capital in the springtime. We actually had had capital, and I found in my career it's easier to raise money when you actually have money and. When you're on fumes, it's a lot. It's a lot harder, and so we are sensitive to dilution. And um, again, I've been able to raise capital in our company at a much higher valuation and a higher share price every round of financing that we've raised capital. And again, we've been fortunate that we have some um, uh, very astute and uh, and patient investors that have continued to write checks with us institutionally. So again, I'm very proud of that. That what we've been able to accomplish. Um, we have about $11.5 million in the bank. Um, I'll spend 2 to $3 million in, in Clayton Valley this year. Um, this assumes that we have good sample results coming up here in August. I don't know what they are, but um, again, we uh, already have to plan for how we're going to spend capital um, based on success. So I'll spend another 2 to $3 million this year in Clayton Valley. 
Um, we have a fairly major program in Manitoba. I'll spend between three to $4 million in Manitoba um, leading into the first quarter of 2023. So what it does give me is it gives me some additional capital that I can deploy on other projects or possibly deploy in Fish Lake Valley. Um, and it really does give me running room. If we have a, a difficult equity market, this continues for another six months or a year, um, I'm in good shape in that I can, I can last. We can continue to have major milestones uh, within our company with the capital that we have. We can, you know, catalysts can take place. We can advance um, the development of our, of our business with the capital we have. And then when the markets come back and the right time is appropriate, um, we certainly can go back and raise additional capital as needed. Again, we're in good shape. Um, I've got a, a, a very um, planned use of proceeds of where we're going to deploy capital and we can we can deliver with the cash that we have on hand.